I'm back. I'm back fighting Irish faithful on the last day of July before August. And normally we'd ha- this is probably the earliest return I've ever had in now four years. Um, this is, yes, year four, the senior year. So I don't know if this means we get senior privileges now. Um, at least my high school did that. I don't know about you, Red Snapper. But uh, yeah, we're back. The Fighting Irish Faithful show is back uh, with a lot of news here uh, to talk about today. It's been Red Snapper. When was the last show we did? Oh goodness, it's been a minute. It has. It was. It was actually after the spring game. And normally, I I, I have enough time to like listen to all the old stuff. But because we've amassed so many hours of listening time, and I also now have a toddler. Um, <laughs> the, the free time is, has been condensed and, and the podcasts are just getting longer, which is not necessarily so, a bad. So thing. baby Irish faithful is graduated to toddler. He, Irish is, faithful? he is now toddler Irish faithful more to come on that. But before we get, uh, any, uh, we, we probably have some new people that are listening to us for the first time. They're like, what the hell is this? I'm used to those leprechauns. This is not Jason and Nate. My name is Joe. I am at Faithful underscore Irish on the Twitter. This is the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, Season 4, Episode 3, Volume 89. And my co-host is... And I'm Michael. I am Red Snapper 9098. We we are brothers, and uh, you are my older brother, Red Snapper. And we were yeah, in, you we, know, by a few years, just just a, <laughs> just a handful, N- nothing too yeah. too extreme. But yes, we were uh, asked to join uh, Dos Leprechauns Media, so we are now powered by Dos Leprechauns Media. So um, I did I, I didn't see a check in the mailbox, Red Snapper, today, but uh, you know maybe you got some free swag or something. <laughs> it's probably because I don't have a schnazzy new avatar like you do. Oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, that was handed down. Yeah, the avatar has changed, and this is this is the third logo in four years. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think I just need to kind of split screen mine with your old one. Oh yeah, there. Oh, that there you go. Yeah, that's what you should do. Somehow, somehow get like the stripes, or I don't know how you're going to do that. Maybe throw a, a shamrock on your red helmet there. But anyway, I'll yeah. So it out. I'll figure it out. All right, enough of the nonsense. Um, but yeah, we're we are happy to join Dos Leprechauns and uh, talk about preseason hurdles. Um, now, people may be wondering why the heck is this episode three, um, and that's because I don't do a show in the off season. Um, I limit my exposure to Notre Dame primarily to the football season. Because we are powered by scotch and spreadsheets. Um, and yes, we can always drink scotch, I suppose, in the offseason. But the spreadsheet piece is because this show... What, why is this show different, Red Snapper? Maybe you should just chime in here. Well, honestly, it's it's the free banter that's based on statistics. So you like to say spreadsheets. But what we're really getting down is it's statistical analysis. That's what we go off of. Damn straight. So. Yeah. And it's really because I like arguing and being right when I argue. And no, there's no better way to do that than with actual facts. So <laughs> <laughs> I like numbers. I do like that. I am an engineer by, by trade. Um, but anyway, yeah, the uh, before we get into anything else, if, if you haven't seen it on Twitter or YouTube or I don't I don't know what other 
avenues Notre Dame Media show is doing. Show me the green. Show jersey. me the green jersey, and I'm I'm actually in all green, and that was not planned. I I have my green Notre Dame hat, green Irish shorts, and a green Irish shirt on. So I'm actually greened out for the podcast. Um, but yeah, if if you haven't seen it. It was a announcement of green jerseys. Hooray. You know, we're finally actually doing that, you know, two years in a row. Good job, Marcus Freeman. Um, but Red Snapper, uh, you've kind of alluded oh, to this. A, what did they use? It was an use? amazing cameo retake of the Jerry Maguire scene between Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, Tom Cruise. Yes. Where it's the show me the money, but it's a play on words. So it's show me the green jersey. Show me the green but jersey. It is literally like mannerisms, like dancing, you know, topless wearing a gold chain, you know, <laughs> the, the brother in the background flipping the football around, you know. Marcus yeah. Freeman sitting at his desk and annoying the secretary and the random guy walking down the hall. Like, it was awesome. Was <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So so that that was uh, originally I was going to give the Twitter shout out to Al Washington, who who we still can. And and um, but but yeah, I think the Twitter shout out is going to have to go to the Notre Dame media people. Um, oh, 100 percent. Yeah, that I here I, here. Whoever pitched that, whoever's idea was that, there's the toast of the day, right there. Yeah, whoever that Brilliant. person is, maybe it's a uh, maybe it's a uh, a new member of the of the staff. Who knows? Uh, I maybe it was Ron Paulus. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll go from there. Well, well, if anyone from Dos Leprechauns jumps on, you know that would be fine. You know, um, I guess there is Patty Mac here, so. You know, we'll invite him to speak first because he was the first waiting. Um, but uh, yeah, Patty Mac here, you've been invited to speak. Yeah, we do live on Twitter at EP Kinging Always S. What the dude? Really long. I'm I'm not sure what all that is, but you've been invited to speak if you want. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, we like to make it a little more interactive. That's another thing that's a little different about this show. It's not just me monologuing. And, and there are other interactive shows, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I'm just not going to talk about, you know, stuff we read on the internet and Twitter all year long. You know, I'll, I'll let it kind of build up to be, you know, something uh, like it is now where I literally had eight, potentially eight topics to talk about tonight. So, <laughs> and we've hit none of them for you know, recording for over five, seven minutes here. So yeah, it's all good. I think one of my favorite parts is, and, and this is where the spreadsheets, the statistics come in, but really I think your, your earmark is the championship curve that you create your statistics based off. Of. I mean, it's not exactly it's, like a line graph is, or anything, but no, but it is, it's all based on the statistics of the national champion. Yeah. From year to year over a, what is it, a 10 year span? Yes. So, so, and this is not to poke fun at ourselves, i.e. Notre Dame. No, this is, this is more like, like, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. We, everyone listening to this is a Notre Dame fan. Well, maybe there's some, some, some spies from the team up north, maybe who are listening to this. If, if you are, please leave. Um, but, we want Notre Dame to be great. And so how can we get there? What are the teams that are holding up the awkward new gold trophy doing? Um, you know, it's not just recruiting. It's other other performance on the, on the field. It's anything from coaching and, and some of these other things. So we're always comparing Notre Dame 
sometimes it's uncomfortable, but comparing Notre Dame and their stats to what national champions are doing, but also we've figured out what stats are actually more important than others. And so we're going to talk about that. And if that bores you, then, you know, listen anyway, because you're going to miss some fun stuff anyway. <laughs> and on that note, you guys, you have the ability to request to speak. So if we're, we hit something Everyone's being that's very polite, by all means, please yeah. request to speak. You know, that's right. The two of us banter on all day, but hey, we are brothers. Like, so there you go. Looks like those leprechauns just jumped on. Oh, well, maybe we should hand, hand oops, the boss is here. Hide the beers, man. <laughs> that's right. Dos Leprechauns uh, has, 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 is here, so now we'll not be on our best behavior. Maybe we'll just mess around more. Um, but bef- <laughs> bef- before, I, before I hand off the, the microphone here to Dos Leprechauns here, uh, there is something I, I do want to do, and I've actually been wanting to do this for um, I, sometime even last season, but just either A, forgot, or just um, didn't plan for it. But this time, I um, want to try to also have this be more engaging from a from a charitable standpoint and look it's your money you earned it be thankful the government didn't take it but if you want to donate to charity i'm here to encourage you um i will be participating in the plane poll here in indianapolis on august 12th to support the special olympics so we'll get that bat signal out there on twitter if you would like to donate to the special olympics and the the needs the special needs athletes by all means um you know the the event is really fun i do it with the knights of columbus uh my council uh we're a catholic men's service organization and one of the uh the organizations that we support is the special olympics and um i've posted video of me doing the polar plunge which is very exciting now the plane pole is even more fun it's just like really really short what was your time last year we won last year right yeah we we did it last year um we won our division we weren't like the best team overall i think like you know the national guard or police or you know some other group of you like bodybuilders probably beat us um but we we had some beef uh from uh, northern indianapolis who who jumped on and they uh yeah we, we had quite the strong team so i was trying to recruit I, i'm like going around people at church like that's a strong looking dude oh oh that's right you do crossfit hey come do- <laughs> i was like i'm like I'm trying to like, join the knights plane. of columbus yeah and let's pull a plane right and support so if you if, if you you know it is it is and so so look if you want to support the special olympics that's cool if it's not your thing you know jesus loves you anyway so it's all good all right enough of that but plane pole a lot of fun so all right dos leprechauns i see you're there what's up fellas jason what's thank you up? for bringing us on well, thank you for bringing me on today, and thank you for being a part of what we got going on. I saw, I see we have uh, Jason Lunch Lynch on the line, Patty Mack. We can't say the rest of his uh, nickname on air, <laughs> but Patty Mack's on as well. We got the Snapper. What's up, Snapper? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm and just, you say it like that, it's here. like he's a turtle if he's a Snapper. Like... <laughs> hey, Snapper. I'm just sitting here drinking myself to... It's fun being the color, the color commentary. I snap at people. What can I say? Well, that's great. No, and, and you're and you're red, I guess. But uh, yeah, I'm just sitting here drinking myself to death because Under Armour. Yuck. Ugh. <laughs> no. Yuck. Gender. No. no. Did that just break just now? 
it, like an hour ago. But that what? As, as well, our, I was dicking around with as, Twitter here trying to get to. So work. instead of show me the green jersey, it should have been show me the Nike. I mean, anything. I, the thing is, man, is <laughs> Under Armour is not fat boy friendly. It is even if you're chubby boy friendly, Under Armour does not leave a lot of room to you know drink. So spandex. Right. Yeah, no, it's exactly the damn polo shirts are spandex. Yeah, it's not even. I don't know what material that is, but it's not normal. It doesn't breathe. It, it just collects body odor and builds it up. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's all it does. Yep. So with yeah, I mean, it, honestly, all I see is something is, on Yahoo, which is is just suspect. Under Armour, no, it's all massive. it's all over now. It's it hasn't been in, no official announcement from the university or Under Armour, but it's official. Oh God bless. You know, at Notre Dame, you know, we'll, we may have to address that later. I don't, I don't think people are ready for my Under Armour well, Nike save rant it for a Tuesday night publication. <sighs> Maybe we'll do it at the end. I'll, I'll put a note at the end here. I'm just going to draw a giant swoosh here on my page and that'll remind me to to do it later (sighs) well thanks boss for bringing the bad news here this is like yeah sorry man you're like bill lumberg here i'm gonna have to have you come in on saturday to do this work better have that tps report better Uh, ready you can take your tps report and please use the the correct cover page yeah (laughs) Uh, we sent several memos about it anyway real quick Joe, I sent several tweets about, about how, Ni- hey, how Notre Dame note, should pick I want Nike. My damn red stapler back. All right. Well, I I just want to talk about this new logo, Joe. It's beautiful. Let's talk about your new logo. Uh, well, I think you you provided it for me. So, um, I <laughs> did I did update Spotify with it. So the Etsy store does need to be uh re repolished with the new new logo here. But I don't know. Maybe the Dos Leprechauns store is now selling. Fighting Irish Faithful t-shirts with the new logo. I don't know. Absolutely. Plus, we need to get some koozies going with the new logo. The yeah, there you go. Popular. Yes. Yeah, those are, the the, and, and the scotch glasses. that We did sell a couple of those, a couple of pints. So, yeah, th- there will be more swag coming, you know, prioritizing podcast and content um, and um, actually getting Twitter spaces to work because it took four tries today. But, hey, what's the deal? Sidebar, did Twitter, like, redo their like logo or whatever like it's no longer the bird yeah. it's what's up with the giant x i call elon i don't know okay all right we'll get him on on the podcast next week and, and yeah you want to explain that if you're listening if you're listening elon come on and let us know why you changed it like is it not called twitter anymore x. like we're on x is this like is this like hbo max just went to max probably so so wait it, is peacock gonna shorten them to p <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Remember we're, we're we, we, we are a uh, PG-13 R-rated show, but I'm glad y'all well, it depends. got a humor it's, out of it's, that. It's the After Dark show, that's a whole other story. It's not the After Dark show. It's the first show of the season, all right? You can't scare everybody away. All right. All right, well, m- moving on. We're, we are happy to be part of the Dos Leprechauns uh, media universe. Um, I don't know what planet we are. Uh, probably Saturn, because there's a bunch of rings and... Well, actually, no, we don't have any rings because last time Notre Dame won a title was I was uh, four. So <laughs> Red Snapper was eight. I was eight as well, Snapper. Whoop, whoop. Oh, you guys are basically like what are you buddies? What are you, what are you drinking? 
What are you drinking right now, Joe? I hear something going on in the little. Oh, you here. know what it is. It's scotch. We we actually put the uh, oh yeah. It, so these are signs that it's fall. Okay, number number one, we're podcasting. Hooray! Number two, well, we put the bourbon down because that's kind of the the spring and summer thing. And then we we went to the just a twelve year uh, blended scotch here from Costco. Nothing nothing crazy. Um, but today is the first evening here in Indianapolis that it hasn't been stupid humid hot. Um, I actually went outside and it was very like cool and pleasant and like the windows are open in the house. It's fantastic. So I don't know if whatever was going on in Arizona, you know, the, the furnace you were living in, if hopefully that crap stopped, but, um, it actually felt like fall for the first time for the last day of, of July. It's 7.30 p.m. here in Goodyear, Arizona right now, and it's 104 degrees. So, no, the furnace continues, okay. and the 10-day 10, the 10 looks to be like an average of like 110 over the next 10 days. So, yay. I got some chilies out of the garden that maybe I could send to you, and you could just dry out, you know, on your kitchen or something. Yeah. <laughs> happy to help. Happy to help. We're All here. right. We're we'll here do that. You. Well, good. Well, let's let's bring some other people on, uh, gentlemen. Um Get lunch on here. Yeah, well, I sent him an invite. He doesn't. Jason Jason he's Lynch has shy. been invited to speak, but I think he's shy, so that's okay. Ooh, Adam Adam Dowling's on here. I'm Adam confused. Adam Adam will speak, but he, I know he'll get up early. But you know, Adam was. But the question was, is, Mrs. Dowling listening as well? It, maybe it is Mrs. Dowling. She stole his phone. That that would be great. It's, it's happened before. It's happened before. Not has it happened to Adam? I know it happened to Jimmy Gallagher, but. All, all, all people are invited on the That's show. That's because Jimmy on. was listening at a uh, Pee Wee soccer game. I thought it was like so, cheer camp or something. It, dude, he's done it so many times where he hides his AirPods in yeah. his hoodie. And... <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, a bunch of people have been invited to speak. Uh, there's Mr. Lynch, Jason. There we go. Hello. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful show. Yes, yes. Excellent, excellent. Well, what's on your mind? We have a myriad of topics. Uh, we could just spin the roulette wheel, or I could provide a topic for you. Or we can go Alex Trebek potpourri. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about lunch's favorite pastimes that don't include Notre Dame football. My favorite pastime that doesn't include Notre Dame football? And just remember, you you and I have known each other a long time, so don't try to skirt by on this one. Borderline alcoholism? I don't know. Fair, fair. <laughs> that's all I can. That's all I can think of. He he does live in Arkansas, so I'm putting that out there. <laughs> it's oh my not. Goodness. Actually. Uh- I, I want to hear I want to hear Mr. Lynch's opinion about the new coaching staff and specifically uh, our new uh, quarterback coach Gino Gadouli. Oh yeah, cool. I don't have my I don't know I haven't done much research on that. Well, he's not Tommy Reese, so you know step one, right? Yeah, it's got to be an improvement. Old star of improvement. <laughs> yeah, got to be an improvement. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, he he was uh, formerly of Cincinnati, right? And he did coach Desmond Ritter, who did beat Notre Dame, uh, even though we played like ass that game. But we don't need to bring up those stats. We can. I have them here in the spreadsheet if people really want to get dark. But I don't know if we want to do that in this first episode. Um, No. But I will say this. 
Mr. Lynch, what's your opinion? He did not follow Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. Instead, he took a position at Notre Dame. I like the, the Hartman aspect of it, but also I think he's maybe maybe he sees what's coming in the future as far as, as, as Benny would say, General Carr. <laughs> yeah. Is on his way to South Bend. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, true. The, we probably have some de- halfway decent um, prospects, not only with Hartman, but then uh, CJ Carr, who, uh, you know, Dos Leprechauns has, has looked at in person. Um, we've, I, I think you're onto something there. The, the future is bright, looks good, and um, compared to Wisconsin, you know, who knows? Well, one of the things that I really appreciate about the movie, you know, is that we have a dedicated quarterbacks coach. We don't have yes an, an offensive Agreed. coordinator slash quarterbacks Agreed. coach, head coach, uh, quarterback coach. We have a dedicated, experienced, successful quarterback coach. So that's going to be huge, guys. I agree. And what's really funny about that is I I was listening to an older show. I listened to the uh, Clemson show uh from this past year the one that uh adam dowling rushed the field with his six-year-old dad and hopped a fence the um because they were being chased by security no i'm just kidding they um but i i had mentioned in that show that maybe maybe what needs to happen with reese is if he stayed to be the oc still or was still our oc is that he just steps down from from being the quarterback coach and and we just bring someone else in now both of those things happened where Reese leaves and we now have two coaches that take over that, you know, vacuum. So hooray. Um, and not, nothing personally against Reese per se. I mean, other than the fact that he just didn't really develop quarterbacks, you know, and that's just kind of my thing. Um, but Desmond Ritter did halfway decent with the Falcons this past year. And, um, you know, there it is. He's got the starting nod. So yep. he's QB one. Yeah, and and I barely know anything about the NFL, and I actually know about that. So, <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, I don't know that Tommy ever really had full reign over the offense or the quarterbacks, as far as that goes. Maybe the guy that's further south than me in the swamp could he he would probably know more, but uh, <laughs> I don't think old BK let him have the reins very much. Right, right. Yeah, that that's an interesting way to go because you know if you if, how much can he really develop? You know when when you're given some players that are like like take Jack Cohn for example. You know how much can you actually develop him when he's in his grad transfer year, right? Um, but you could also say the same thing about um, Gaduli here with with Hartman. You know how much is he really gonna you know change with with Hartman or develop? You know I I don't know. I think there's an inherent talent level that starts the foundation of everything. And I think we'll all agree that Hartman probably has more upside than how Jack Cohn was coming into the season. Oh, sure. And and no way am I comparing them. I I think it's like night and day difference. The one defense I will give Reese is he didn't have a healthy quarterback for the duration of a season. So it was mixed bag nuts of who's my quarterback because – 
okay, I've got Jack Cohn, and uh, we're going to play a couple you know, downs with Buckner just to mix things up. And then Buckner goes down. So we got Drew Pine, you know, and it's it just, it was a revolving yeah. door. I, I think, and I think that's the case in the years ago at the spring game. All of us thought it was Angeli who looked the best two years he did ago. Look so best in the spring it, game it was ridiculous ago. that season. And so just looking at everything, I don't think he really had a clear cut number one, like Sam Hartman this year, really. Sure. And oh, yeah. to have, you know, a, a whole summer practice, to have a whole, you know, now fall and to get into the season, I don't think you really have the questions this year that have existed previously. So the one thing I will defend with Reese is he didn't have any consistency. No. Correct. Well, and, and well, he, uh, he, the he, first he, couple of years when he was, you know, quarterback coach, Right. He took over in 2017, you know, and so you got Wimbush and 2017 was is what it is. Uh, but then, you know, everyone remembers the end book through that past the Boykin in the LSU game. And then, you know, 2018 rolls around. And you think Wimbush is going to be improved. And, you know, then they just Kelly does the crazy swap with book, which looked like he was a genius when he did that. But then you go to books last year. So now this is year three of Reese under the helm is with the same quarterbacks. Right. Um, and, uh, book actually shows regression in some areas, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, and, and I can back that up if, if people want, but that's not really the, the focus, but I was just kind of more curious on, on Jason's opinion here of our, our new quarterback coach. And, and do, do you see that as a positive or do you think now there's just too many cooks in the kitchen because you got the head coach, now you got a quarterback coach, and then you got the OC with Parker? I think it's a positive because, I mean, you look, this guy's got one job, and it's to develop a quarterback. So that's that's all he has to focus on, all he has to work for. And, I mean, with what he's done, and I mean, Desmond Ritter is, like you said, he was a stud. And I think he'll he'll go well in the next level, um, you know, as uh, like Snapper said, he's he's the starting quarterback for the Falcons. That's you know says a lot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and then moving on in the coaching staff, uh, Brian Mason. Uh, we had to replace him because the Colts picked him up. Um, and but now we have the, a former uh, former. Uh, do you guys? Mar- so Marty Marty Bagai, I think is how you how you say his name. Do you guys know where he went to college? I do not. Marshall. Marshall. No. Too soon. Mm, mm, Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. Things a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Actually, I have that sound effect too, but the time has passed. Um, and then, all right, so then, and then the other two big departures, of course, is he stand, you know, retires or whatever he does. So now we have Joe Rudolph. Um, and then, of course, Bayless. Now we'll come back to Bayless. Um, I got, I got a question here. Who's, where's Adam Dowling? I want to, I want to pop quiz with him because he's usually savvy on this kind of stuff because he's all about the Twitter and listening to podcasts in the summer. Um, but he's just listening. Maybe he's like, doing the dishes or something, but, um, I'm telling you the wife's got the phone. 
That's fine. Was he in like timeout? Like he lost like restriction? <laughs> what, what's going on here? No, well, the really, um... I'm just saying I, I'm throwing shade just to get him on. So there he is. Oh. Where are you guys? Hey, hey hi, Adam is. Dowling. You can't, you can't live without me, can you? Hey, you know me. I'm gonna sit there and goat you until you get on. <laughs> That's right. At hey, Adam underscore Dowling one on the Twitter. Welcome back, sir. How's the summer been, guys? It's been good. If if we had like a director of um, podcast development, it would be you, Adam. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, you're just always egging us on in, in good ways, not like... I, I wouldn't say you're the strength and conditioning coach, but you're you're more like like doing the market research and shit like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to give you a compliment here, okay? <laughs> okay thanks <laughs> uh, so our new o-line coach coach rudolph okay so there is a connection between him and marcus freeman before you know the off season here when when he was hired do you know what that connection is no i don't like, like I for example don't. parker parker he coached with freeman when they were at cincinnati together right i actually think parker was and Freeman were at Purdue together. I don't even know if yes. they're at Cincinnati together. They were at Cincinnati, but they were at Purdue as well. Um, Co- okay. Coach Rudolph was a grad assistant and then was a strength and conditioning coach at Ohio State from 04 to 05 when Marcus Freeman was a player. Yeah, I was going to guess. That is the connection. He was at Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that one jumped off the page for me. I was like, "Whoa, that's okay." So, that's hurts. And of but course, then the elephant in the I'd room like is Bayless, the, the uh, old line coach, because you know he was at Wisconsin for years too, and Wisconsin yes. was always known for having great O lines. So yeah, correct. They've, they've got a hog lineup. Does that mean we're going to run the football more? Um, I think we'll be balanced because <laughs> I mean Sam Hartman didn't come here to just hand the football off. That is true, but but it also makes <laughs> him him look good in that two seconds the between the snap and the handoff. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe, maybe we I have to run the ball to open the pass. Exactly, red snapper. I couldn't say it better. Yeah. Yeah. Now they won't be able to just load the box because Sam Hartman's great at throwing a deep ball. So yeah. And I think we'll actually play some receivers this year that uh, maybe didn't play last year. Correct. They can uh, stretch the field. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Well, and anyone who saw the spring game or was or was able to make out the spring game between the rain, the snow, and the sleet, if you were in the stadium, um, that's a joke. The because uh, it was terrible, terrible weather. Um, Hartman commanded the gold team, right? He was putting the ball exactly where it needed to go before receivers even like turned to look over their shoulder, right? The ball well, is already and him looked like they had some great chemistry already. So if you can remember right in that game, really all most of the receivers were on the blue team and all Hartman had was Great House and Thomas. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. The ball just like I, I think the quote unquote good so receivers were with Buckner. Yes, 
And I think we've been so starved with bad quarterback play for so long as Notre Dame fans. Seeing Hartman just get the ball and deliver it on time. Deliver it on time. Right where it needs to go. It was like, oh, my God. Like, I haven't seen quarterback play like this since I was in, like, 10 years. Yeah. It was just like everything was just, like, in rhythm right on time. Yeah, and, and I, I think this is an appropriate time. I know, Adam, you know this um, since you're a, a resident uh, experienced member of the podcast, but also our our our, um, our director of podcast development. The the stats that I talk about, you know, the stats of champions over the last ten years, um, it's pretty obvious. The most important thing is scoring touchdowns. So if you ranked fourth or fifth in the country on average in scoring touchdowns, you tend to have a really good season, and that's what the national champion does. The next. In- important stat behind that is passing touchdowns it's the second most important stat it was also second most important last season the average ranking of that team holding the trophy is 8.6 in the country and and above and beyond that it's not just be be ranked you know eighth the value of that they throw 41 touchdowns for the season it's nuts so that's our target goal yeah yeah now those yeah. now that's that that's a little skewed because because that that implies a 15 game season which means that like if you're georgia and you win the sec right you play that conference championship game right so so there's there's a so you really have to like divide it and then multiply it by 14 to get notre dame for for the current playoff format right now next year it's going to be totally different with the 12 team thing and that that's a whole other topic we can talk about but the and and i would like to say like we have to remember with these clock rule changes i think your Mm. offensive numbers are going to be skewed this year because there's going to be less possessions um Less you know, if they would just speed up the fucking replay and just make it only 30 seconds and just like, 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 how often have you looked at the three camera angles they present? Two of them are usually dog shit and then only one of them is good. Then it's like, OK, it's either. Yes, it's irrefutable or it's it confirms on the field or whatever. Make it 30 yeah. seconds. Right. Just and then that's it. Make the call and then you're done. And if, if you can't figure it out in 30 seconds, let's not be NBC and replay it, you know, over and over and over again, frame by frame. Like, who cares? Everyone's already made up their mind when they first saw it. But um, the point I was trying to make is that it's the, the new rule is that the clock will not stop at first downs. So. So it's more like the NFL. Be- Yes, there's going to be less possessions. There's going to be less plays. So points per game are probably going, going to be a premium. Down. Absolutely, that's especially going to be a, a team like Notre Dame that runs the ball, that's going to run the ball. Their their points will be down compared to previous years. So when you're comparing like the offenses from previous years, we got to remember to consider the rule change. Hmm. I think that's going to be interesting with respect to like. At the end of games, if you're trying to do a come from behind kind of thing, um, you know, it's going to be a lot more like the NFL. And if anything, it's going to put a lot more emphasis on if you just have a good quarterback who can just get out there and sling it. Yeah. First quarter scoring is going to be paramount. 
Well, and and that probably plays to Notre Dame's advantage because Hartman is. I, I don't know how great of a a, a rusher he is per se because I I've watched very very little Wake Forest. Um, I might have some of his rushing stats here. I'd have, they're probably buried in the spreadsheet. But the um, but if you're a pocket passer, you know, and that's that's kind of your bag, you know. Hooray! I mean, last year Hartman only had one rushing touchdown. You know, but he also didn't have an offensive line. <laughs> you know, I, 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 so so next week I, I I I'm gonna have much more deep dive into Hartman. I, I think next week's show should be just about Hartman. <laughs> Excuse me, next week's show is gonna be about Hartman. I'm I'm the I'm still the host, right? I don't care what what messages Dills Leprechaun sending me. I run the content here, right? I don't get the cliff notes for. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, but seriously, the um, I, I have been looking at Hartman specifically is to to his performance and, and why he is good. But then I'm also looking at kind of normalizing his statistics by what happens when he plays, quote unquote, good teams. And that's using air quotes there for good. So you guys can figure out what that is. But ground us in reality. Well, Adam, anything else? Uh, do you want to talk about Bayless, or should we leave that for the next person? Yeah, I don't really have much to say. I, mean, I, I feel like there's maybe there's something else behind the story. Oh, I'm, just I'm really like 99% weird. sure there's something else. Yeah, because he always said it was his dream job and didn't want to go anywhere, so it, it just seemed really weird. The It, it is weird. Um, the The... When that when that news broke, Coach Freeman obviously has to do his press conference, and you know that's that's expected. Um, and he said it's a quote personal matter, and I 100% believe that that it's something personal, either with himself, with his family, what have you, um, that he must address. Um, and so, so if anything, that's kind of a quote unquote good thing because you can't be your best self for others if you can't be your best self for yourself or your family right so um order of priorities right like i said we're going to start this podcast at 9 30 but that didn't happen because i was addressing other things with my household right so um gotta take care of business you gotta do what you gotta do um so so him him having the maturity and the wherewithal of prioritizing things appropriately in his life to address them. Um, you know, that, that sucks for, for quote unquote, his career and, you know, this positive impact he's had with Notre Dame and, you know, we all like him and, and all of that. But, uh, you know, Fred Hale has taken over and, you know, he, he has been around for a little while, you know, he's, I had never really heard of him. You know, I'd, I'd seen him here and there, but, um, you know, the, the, I would feel worse about this situation if it was this was announced in like February. Yeah, because most of his work's done right now. Right. This is this is just maintain and and kind of like build the endurance of the team for the gauntlet that they're about to do over the next three four months. And then right. Now that I've seen Fred Hale, who he is. I've noticed him on the sidelines for a long time, and he's highly involved. He's tall, too. Yeah. I saw a picture yeah. of him next to Bayless, and he was like a whole foot taller. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Yep. But I, I, 
guess I'll get off here, but I just just wanted to say that uh, I'm just real excited for this year. You know, with the you know offensively, I think we're going to be fine. There's a lot of new weapons. I think this freshman class looks like they're like the most ready class, yeah, ready to contribute. Than I can remember. I mean, they're big and they're strong. I mean, you just see them. So I yeah. I feel good about that. And then just my only worry. It's just kind of like the defensive front and maybe our linebackers because it seems like we're going to roll out the same guys. And I just feel like I haven't seen many plays, like just many big plays from they might be solid and know where they need to be. But it just seems like the big the big plays from them haven't happened the last couple of years. But yeah, yeah. I guess those are my concerns. And I, I'm just real excited to see what happens offensively. I think so too. And especially with rule changes, like you said, you know, and and the game is kind of going more to a, to offensive focus. I mean, you know, the, you know, we, we talked about stats of champions, you know, what are, what are those guys doing? Right. You know, the top three stats are all offensive, right? Total touchdowns, passing touchdowns and scoring offense, then scoring defense, then total defense. Right. Um, After that is rushing touchdowns. So, you know, the top, you know, four out of the six are, are all offense, right? So the upper two thirds there. So, um, Adam, I think that's, 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 that is the, the right focus. It's the right direction that the, the game is going. Um, and in some, some respects, I kind of can appreciate the fact that they're trying to keep the game moving. Um, so it doesn't take too long. I personally think they could have done other things like limit commercials and, you know, replay or whatever, but, um, you know, no one asked for my opinion, so I'm just going to give it now. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll get off here and I'll let you. No worries, that. Adam. Thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm, I'm happy, happy to delight your ears for your commute or while you're doing yard work or whatever you're doing. So at Adam underscore Dowling one on Twitter. Thank you for joining the show and welcoming, welcoming us back again. All right. Let's jump over to Kevin Davis at Davis0560. You've been invited to speak. Kevin, if you're available, uh, happy to have you jump on. Uh, one other person, I, as I was kind of, you know, reacquainting myself with our coaching staff, um, one name that popped off the, the screen here was Amir Carlisle. Amir Carlisle is technically part of the staff, and he is the director of player development. So uh, I'm not really sure what that is other than maybe it's like making sure they go to class and, you know, do their homework. I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> He's the team agent for their NIL. Is that what it know. is? That that would be great. I have no know. idea. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So. Player development? No, let's see. How do, how could a player develop outside of their coaches? I don't know. Let, let, let's maybe, yeah, maybe Kevin Davis knows. He's, he's on mute. We'll bring Kevin Davis on. Uh, Kevin, do you know what the director of player development's uh, responsibilities are? I have no. I've always under wondered what that position was. <laughs> I've never understood what that position was. I work for a big company, and and uh, there there's a few. We have a new CEO, and he's like coming in and kind of cleaning house. And there's some people that have some titles, and maybe some of them are starting to sweat because they're like. Oh, I don't even know what I do. <laughs> just like, what do you do? Just answer emails all day and write pressers? I don't know. <laughs> they, they probably fill out TPT like, reports. 
TPS yeah, reports. They probably just look at grades and all that type of crap. Hey, yeah. So. Well, and, and part of me kind of respects that if if you know Notre Dame is still staying true to the mission of academics and making that important, you know, and you know it is it is a very difficult place to get a degree from, you know. So absolutely. So I'm um, and and it. That is one of the reasons why we probably look like Notre Dame. You know, like you have to really, you know, it's, it's a package deal that comes with it. So, yep. Kevin, uh, thank you for joining us again. What uh, What are you excited for? Uh, you You can touch on any topic you want, wide open. Uh, well, there's a couple of things I know Adam mentioned linebackers. We all know when I've been on here, I've been critical of Notre Dame's linebackers. I've been very critical of them. Um. I don't know how good they will be, but I feel like this year they the starters the they have to be worried because I think there's some kids behind them that are that are itching to play, and I feel Take like the if words they don't right out of my mouth if they yeah. don't do their job, I feel like it's some it's some boys behind them that are, are yeah I think the only reason why those the the name starters are who they they are is because they know how to move the defense and things like that, but. At any sign of mistake, I think they have the ability now this year to say, we got somebody else that can come in and do the job. And I, I'm happy for that. Um, it's, and not just for this year. I, I feel like the linebacker core in the near future is going to be crazy. Crazy yeah. good. Yeah. Just I think to echo what Adam crazy. said, this freshman class is going to really challenge that, you know, far gone persona of freshmen not starting i think by middle of the season you're gonna see a couple of them with the the number one position in their their position yeah i mean there's gonna be i see mid-year some things changing defensively and we all know that i like defense i focus on defense but i feel like i agree also that the interior front is where the interior two is where we a little bit of question there i think our, our bookends are going to be kind of okay i just feel like those interior two are going to be question marks along with the linebackers. And we really don't, our safeties, we really don't know how. I just want to see how they move in, in game time situations. Watching Navy will be, will tell a lot when it comes to the safeties. Um, well, maybe not because they probably don't get any more that many attempts left from Navy, but we'll see. Um, but the defense should be better than last year. I, I would say it should be better. I certainly not hope so. Where it should be, but I think they should be better. Um, I certainly so, hope so. Look we definitely forward, have the depth to at least keep everyone fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the defense, if if I may jump in here, the defense must improve from from last year. You know, I I, I track I you know how our our defense quote unquote scores relative to everybody else in college football, and and compared Al Golden to other Notre Dame defensive coordinators like Clark Lee or even Marcus Freeman from 2021 and Bob Diaco, right? Um, Al Golden was was not in the upper half. He was ninth on the list out of 13. So not good. Some of the things that, that really, you know, raised some concerns, you know, total defense was okay. We were 21st in the country. Scoring defense, 39th. It needs to be better. The ones that really, really were bad were red zone scoring percentage on defense and red zone touchdown percentage on defense. We were second to last and last in the country in both of those stats. It was really, really bad. If if an opponent got into the red zone, they scored. 
It was really bad. So if so if I'm if I'm trying to triage the defense and say this is like your Achilles heel, you must you must improve your red zone scoring defense. And then after that, go to what the national champions do, which is scoring defense and total defense, which is kind of, you know, high level stuff, right? You know, that's kind of the goal of everybody, but um, the numbers don't lie. Yeah, I, I just can't get the USC game out of my head when it comes to defense. Like, that was probably the most atrocious defensive game I've ever seen. Oh, I mean, it was gosh. just bad, all around bad. But I was just sitting here thinking uh, not too long ago, like, after this year, I'm looking forward to this year. I think we're going to be a surprise this year. I'm just thinking about our defense and our linebacker court next year. And I just want to see this and be so beautiful when we get this. Mm-hmm. It's a 4-2-5 with Bowen and this kid coming out of St. John's. So you're thinking more like a nickel defense or? A nickel. And if you, and if you could, if, if, if a sneak could play the Sam, he probably can in a, in a 4-2-5. But if he could, I mean, that linebacker court would just be so beautiful. It yeah. just would be probably most, one of the most elite defense library cores in the nation it's gonna be wonderful i'm looking forward to it what what i what i just want this year is more consistency out of the linebackers because if you like look at some of our games like clemson or boston college or syracuse you know the defense was really good but then you had just catastrophic you know you know pants shitting with usc and then you know ohio state was was okay it wasn't it wasn't great you know ohio state just adjusted and we didn't and and they they figured out how to beat us right even though we were up at halftime um but like cal and marshall like like why are we not dominating you know but i agree the usc one the from from a scoring drive situation this is something i started tracking last year USC had nine scoring drives in that game, and they scored on six of them, two th- two out of the three. Notre Dame, four out of the nine. Now, fortunately for Notre Dame is we finally got the, the train rolling towards the end of the game, and it actually was Drew Pine's probably best game of the season. The problem was the defense just didn't get a stop. Yeah, I personally blame that game on the, on the coaches' staff. I don't blame them on the player. I think that was a, right. a coaching staff lost defensively. That was just bad, bad scheming. Um, but I think about with that linebacker core, though, I think they're just – they're smart. Those boys are super smart playing that position. I don't think they're talented enough, though. I think the mm-hmm. talent's not matching their smartness and their understanding of the game, right? So I think they you know, get in certain situations, it's just they can't get certain places fast enough or they can't – their opposition or they're out muscled. I don't think they're just not doing that. I just don't know if this core is talented enough yeah. against the other team that they're going against. I just feel like what we're, what we're going to get in is some, some of those guys behind them right now. I think there's talent behind them. They just got to get up to speed right. with the with the mind side of it. And I think some boys behind them that are, are looking nice. I mean, you, you've nice. got the the guys with the most experience are, you know, J.D. Bertrand, Maris Leifau, and Jack Kaiser, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, you know, these are, these are regular dudes, but, you know, these aren't guys that are, you know, this isn't, you know, Stonebreaker or Teo or, you know, pick your, pick your favorite historical linebacker right from notre dame um these guys 
you know, they're great. You know, we'll do a breakdown of, you know, what's still in the cupboard and the production in two weeks when we do that show, uh, offense and defensive production. Um, but you know, it's, it, my hope is some of the guys that have been in the program for a year or two, you know, like a Jalen Sneed, you know, they've had good off seasons. They've, they've gotten faster and stronger and whatnot, and, uh, they can come in and contribute quickly. Um, or maybe, you know, someone like Drake Bowen is just fantastic and amazing. And he's going to, you know, make great contributions against Navy when we're up by three scores. I don't know. Um, that that's always what you want. You want your young guys to get a lot of reps when they, uh, when, when we're playing a, a weaker opponent. And I do think Al Golden, uh, I think, I think he has something to prove. I think he has to. I think so too. He has to show something. I think so too. All right. Well, that's, that's kind of where we're at right there. Uh, and uh yeah so kevin uh we got a couple other people that are have jumped on and listened or some other people who probably want to contribute uh any last thoughts here uh oh no just decided about the season and please send out the link about uh special olympics because i'm involved in it too i have a son with autism so uh i'm heavily involved in special olympics and I would definitely donate. Oh, right. Hey, glad, glad to hear uh, your, your uh, support. And yeah, we'll definitely get that bat signal out there for the special Olympics. If anyone wants to support, um, I'm doing the plane poll on August 12th. Uh, so if you want to jump on and, and support, if not, and uh, you just want to, you know, send me a way to go on Twitter, that works too. So excellent. At Davis0560 on Twitter. Thank you so much, sir. And go Irish. All right. One other topic that we've actually had quite a bit going on in this offseason. And uh, I, I was tempted a few times to fire up the mic. Uh, and one of the big ones that came up is we have a new athletic director coming up here. <laughs> now, not this season, but the following season. Pete Bev- Bevacqua. How come everyone's got a complicated name? I don't know what that means. But, uh, yeah, he's been, what, the chair of NBC Sports? Like, good grief. You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's an attorney. He was the CEO of the PGA, you know? Good grief, you know? So, I don't know. I don't know what that means. So, clearly someone who's uh, putting his degree from Notre Dame to work. Um, now, the positives about this is number one, you know, Jack Swerver can retire, fine. Um, and, and I think Jack had been part of Notre Dame to modernize the program, kind of like Kelly, and the Brian Kelly experiment was Jack Swarbrick, right? Um, but, you know, had to put in turf and expand the stadium and do the Under Armour thing, and it looks like Jack's doing the Under Armour thing again, which is burns my ass, but that's a whole other topic. Um, but with new athletic director Pete here coming in, uh, he's a grad of a 93, which means that he was a student during the quote, good years of Holtz. So it's my hope that he kind of has that, you know, like romanticism about Notre Dame football that a lot of us fans have as well. And so he, he can appreciate what it takes to build winning football and has physically seen what winning football is 
from the student section or, or whatnot when you're in your formidable uh, college years. So, so that's something else to uh, to think about there. Um, so, you know, we'll stay curious on on where this goes with the new athletic director for sure. Um, it looks like the walls are closing in on Notre Dame's independence. Um, now, in my opinion, we should join a conference, but it's not because I hate being independent. It's just kind of more like, look, this is just where college football is now. And especially with the new playoff format coming up, um, if you are not in a conference and you're not, you don't win the conference, you have the opportunity for that first, you know, first week by, um, again, one less opportunity for your players to get injured or whatever. Um, why would we make the, the journey harder per se? Um, now you can argue, well, if you're in the conference, you have to play an extra game anyway, that is true. But then my response to that is if you're in the conference and you play another team for a trophy, it's, it's a lesser quality trophy per se, but it is a stepping stone of improvement. It's a shot of the arm, gives the team some confidence and look, the season is longer than it's ever been before. The, the, you know, this is the world of social media, instant gratification, not that our players are weak and they're, they're, you know, got attention deficit disorder or something to that effect. No, that's not what we're saying, but success builds on success. And if you have a stepping stone of a conference championship, that is a step in the right direction. Plus then, okay, you're in the playoffs. Hey, we ranked well, like look at it another way. Let's pretend Notre Dame is just destroying people 50 to zero, mopping through the schedule, great strength of schedule, right? You know, it kind of looks like this season, right? Um, but we're not in a conference, but like, say the AP is putting us at number one, we could still do no better than five under this format and still get a home game at Notre Dame, which is cool, but it's like that, that kind of sucks. So that's another, that's a hypothetical situation, but those are kind of Joe's opinions. Now I will also say this, this is my fourth year doing this podcast. I've had this opinion about Notre Dame joining a conference on day one. Now I don't have the date written down in front of me. I'd have to pull up the old notebook here. It's in the drawer. But the first show I ever did, the audio is trash and we weren't going live on Twitter. But I came out and I'm sometimes treated like a leper like this. But I said that Notre Dame should abandon independence and join a conference. But that was sparked because we were also that was during COVID. That was the year Notre Dame joined the ACC for that one year. So Pencils down. <laughs> I was going to say something real quick. Um, yeah, what's up, quick, Kevin? Um, independence was never the, what we wanted from the beginning. It was mm. something we were forced into, right? We never wanted it. We just, we were forced into it. Yeah, we kind of so owned I'm, it, right? Yeah, so I don't understand why so people are like, we, we've done great with our Well, we've always right? been independent. Yeah, that's yeah. Be, out of necessity. <laughs> yeah, that was we didn't we didn't want it. That wasn't originally what Notre Dame wanted. So people saying we should stay it because that's we're always been. That wasn't always the plan. So that's like you know we should just always have turf or we should always have have Under yeah. Armour because that's what. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I, I think that's a great point, Kevin. You know, yes, if you look into history, Notre Dame, I think, tried getting into the Big Ten twice. And I think the most uh, recent turn was in the mid-90s, like the end of the Holtzy era or during the Bob Davey year, something to that effect. Um, maybe the NBC deal was was coming up. Who knows? Um, but like there, there was talk in the nineties of Notre Dame joining the big 10 at around that time. And that might've been around the same time that Penn state jumped into the big 10. So I'm a little, little fuzzy on Notre Dame's interactions with the big 10 and, and joining that conference, which, which look, if someone wants my opinion, which of course you all listen to this show, so you're going to listen. Um, if there was a conference I would pick or select, it would be the big 10. But that's only because of regional, you know, proximity, uh, you know, of, of, of all the teams we've played historically from Michigan to Purdue to Michigan State. Right. We have rivalry trophies with two of those. Um, we hate the team up north. Right. The Big Ten makes sense. And then with UCLA and USC, our rival USC now joined the big 10 in not this season, but the following season of 2024. Um, it's starting to paint a clearer picture in my opinion. Oh yeah. The West coast invasion of the uh, big 10 is going to help. I think grease some wheels. It makes even more sense for us to join. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting too is, is the, uh, is there's more conference alignment. You know, you got you got the the two big teams in California the, from Southern California they're they're joining the Big 10. But then the Big 12 is is growing as it's losing Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. Um and so the Big 12 is getting what BYU, UCF, uh, Colorado, Houston, Colorado is like a recent addition, but it was the original Oh, and then Cincinnati. So the original four did not have Colorado. It was Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston. And and now Colorado has said that they're going to be leaving as well and going back to the Big 12 where they originally kind of started, which is interesting. Um, so I'm not really sure what's happening out, out west with, with the Pac-12. Um, part of me kind of hopes that Gonzaga is going to leave the WCC and join the, the Pac-12 <laughs> for basketball. Um but that that's something else altogether. And yes, I went to Gonzaga. So I don't know. It's it's uh, a lot of a lot of things are moving around, and maybe Notre Dame's kind of waiting for the dust to settle on all of this. You know, because let's face it, in two years, college football is going to be completely different, different playoff format. You know, you're going to have, um, you know, all these conferences are going to look totally different from where they are now. Um, you know, Notre Dame apparently is still going to be wearing shitty Under Armour and maybe they'll finally fix the ass sweat pants. Who knows? Um, but I'm not, not too thrilled about that. Clearly the, Notre, the university got a lot of money uh, out of the deal, but uh, you know, the, the last like 11 years or whatever it is. Um, let me rephrase this ever since 2011, every team that's won the title has worn Nike. That's a fact. Just go look it up. Yep. So, we're Nike. All right. Maybe the equipment is superior. I don't know. <laughs> it's a rumor. It's a thought. It's an opinion. I don't know. All right. Let's move on here. Uh, let's see here. I see Justin Case. 
at Uncle June at Justin Cates on the Twitter. You've been invited to speak. Uh, come in, cool off out of uh, the hot Arizona sun. Justin Cates, Uncle June. If you want to j- jump on, jump on. If not, we'll move on to Benny. All right. We'll go over to Benny. Golden is thy name. If Benny wants to jump on and speak. If not, we'll just continue on. What's up, my man? Hey. Long time no see, my friend. I know, man. I'm so glad you went to Makayos. You know? Good place. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was on that business trip down in Arizona and well I I was like, "Hey, I need I need I'm going through a, a legit Mexican food withdrawal here and uh I'm I'm going to you know reach out to the the resident of of a recommended place." So it was oh, it was a hit. Makayos is, is is the place, but I won't bore the other people listening. Now, we'll just but, make people uh, hungry. It's all good. Well, and, and if you come to Arizona, hit up Makayos. They invented the chimichanga. That so. is true. That is true. Um, At yeah, Justin Cates I, on Twitter, what uh, what do you want to talk about with Notre Dame football? It's kind well, of let's uh, just talk. What about your Etsy store? Is it still open? Okay, that's interesting. So, so Dos Leprechauns, since we're now part of Dos Leprechauns, we have a new logo, as you've seen from the avatar on Twitter, at faithful underscore Irish. Um, so a lot of this stuff is going to post uh, through their YouTube channel and, and whatnot, uh, rather than the old Fighting Irish Faithful uh, channel. It's still out there, but, um, you know, we agreed to join the larger organization. Um but yes, the Etsy store, I think, will stay open because there's certain things that my store sells that the Dotes Leprechauns uh, does not. So um, we haven't quite figured out how that's going to exactly be paired. But um, yeah, Etsy is not dead. You can still get the old logo for the old gear if if one wants. So okay, All right. the vintage logo. Well, no, the, the vintage, vintage one is the, the one that's like contraband, like that you can't get <laughs> like that. That's what I'm saying. I love my vintage logo. Yeah, some some people at Notre Dame's legal department. Maybe, maybe that's what Amir Carlisle is doing now. He's direct, director of player development. Like he's he's doing social media, making sure like no one's selling, you know, Audric Estime T-shirts or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who knows? Hey, I know. like I said, protector of the NIL. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Who knows? But Justin Cates, uh, any thoughts on the new on the newer coaching staff, uh, direction of the program, uh, trying to stay very macro this week? Or um, how about this? Some of the hurdles that Marcus Freeman has, you know, he's got new coaches, um, you know, he's got Under Armour, so that's a that's a hurdle. Um, <laughs> losing Bayless to Bayless's personal situation, uh, whatever that is, but you know, we'll respect his privacy. Uh, where do you want to go? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you two things. Um, two things. I think that the Bayless, I think Bayless hurts. I will say this. Um, there's like a couple coming from someone who's been in a strength conditioning program at division one level. There's like a couple of different like thoughts. Like one is, you know, a lot of strength and power and another is lean and flexible, you know? Um, Bayless really liked a really lean sort of fighting machine. Um, 
I I don't I'm, I what I don't are care Georgia and Alabama doing? They're doing big guys with bellies who can not who just push you out of the way. That's what they do. Um, hmm. But they also do it different positionally, you know. But if you look at not that having a belly is good, but if you take a look at the offensive line and and to be fair, the new the new offensive line coach is recruiting some bigger, thicker type of guys. Yeah, you know, um, you know, you don't want bad weight, but you know, I'd rather be able. I'll tell you this: from playing nose, if I was playing a guy who just weighed three hundred pounds, I knew I could anchor and just sort of hold my own, you know, and I could sort of go strength for strength. But if I was getting pushed around by someone who was like 320 or 330, you can no longer just anchor and hold your own. You're going to have to be able to push back a little bit. And mm-hmm. that extra weight will help. I think he's a great strength conditioning guy. I'm, I hope everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Um, and the other thing, I don't know. I, I hope we're just going to run the crap out of the ball. I mean, I love the trussle yeah. ball talk. I I think that's, you know, great. We have a guy now who can throw it over the top once he's been running for a while. Um, I predict you know what I like it. Have more 10 plus yard run breaks because of the passing game. I think a little bit more of a balanced attack is going to give us the opportunity to run the ball, but run the ball through some lanes. Because, like Adam was saying earlier, they're not going to be able to stack the box against us. And I think that's going to uh, help just both sides running and passing. Oh well, yeah. And we're going to, and yeah, well, they can't stack the box and we can also throw it over your head, which we didn't have the ability to do last year. Yeah. I mean, rushing, rushing touchdowns are, are really important. The national champion ranks 12th in that stat um, historically over the last 10 years on average. Um, and the, the value, the value is they, they, run 37 rushing touchdowns um, for their team. Now it's not quite as many as passing touchdowns, passing touchdowns about 41. So it's a little low um, just under, but it's still, it's still a noticeable percentage of the overall production of scoring touchdowns. Um, So we, we have to be able to run, run the ball. Well, Uh, teams that win the title, they do both well. Um, so, you know, if, if we, if, if, let me put it another way, if we don't run the ball over 50%, we're not going to do well. We have, just gonna, we have to run gonna, the ball from a play selection standpoint. It must be run over pass. And I will yeah. fight this. The, the only time that wasn't the case over the past, well, first off for the last 10 years, it hasn't happened. Okay, Um, but the last time there was a team that ran the ball less than what they uh, what they uh, threw was actually, believe it or not, Alabama in in. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong. I'm looking at Notre Dame. You turn, turn around. Run percentage. Okay, I lied. I'm like, where's Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow, if you have Joe Burrow on your team, i.e. a Heisman Trophy quarterback who's just being stupid and throwing insane amounts of passing touchdowns, okay, then, yes, you can pass more. So if Hartman is, is you know, looks like he's going to throw 60 
passing touchdowns for the season. Okay, sure. Go for it, buddy. You know, have a day. It's been train going. I'm sorry. So if we have the Hartman Heisman train going. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if that actually is happening, okay, that's a different story, right? And and of course everyone wants that, you know, like maybe it will, maybe it won't. You know, I'm not gonna start, you know, predicting anything like that. Um those are those are exceptions, not the norm. Um, you know, but like like take Georgia and Alabama the last three years, right? Um their their passing touchdowns are around all around that fifty percent. Georgia actually they they had more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns last year, right? Um, so mo- most oh, of the time we got a. Sorry, my bad. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say we also have a sort of a nice rule change coming that's going to really help if you can sort of take the air out of the ball. The clock will no longer stop on first downs. So that's right. I'm, that's going to matter. Yeah. Like that's going to matter at the end of the game. Like that's going to be it's probably going to shorten the game two or three possessions. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think you hit it right there is that the, the number of possessions for the teams, uh, the effectivity of your scoring on your possessions needs to be paramount. You know, we, we mentioned earlier with Kevin, we were talking about linebacking play and we were talking about the, successful drives scoring drives of usc versus notre dame right that percentage is going to be very impactful um when you have the ball and you're possessing it and you're going down the field how often are you actually putting points on the board or how often are you turning it over or punts or turnover on downs right things of that nature um it's got to be points on the scoreboard it's got to be oh agreed 100 percent yeah. Well, it looks like uh, Jason has stopped off. That's no problem. At Justin Cates on the Twitter, thank you for joining us uh, and uh, pumping the Etsy store more and more and more. So, all right. Well, there's Kevin, there's Jason, there's Patty Mac. Uh, everyone's been invited to speak. We got Regisan here at Regisan42. If you want to jump on. We're kind of we're gonna start winding it down. It's eleven thirty here. It is Monday night, um, so got got a lot of a lot of the week left for work. <laughs> and if not, though, we'll just move on. So, um, so yeah, the new stats um, for this year we've kind of touched on them a little bit, but yes, stats of champions every year. You know, we have we have repolished them. Uh, we've moved them around the top three stats are all offense last year. Scoring defense was number third scoring defense has dropped by one scoring offense moved up to, to replace it. Um, so very important. Um, so overall, um, you know, things don't move around too much. Um, two years ago though, passing touchdowns jumped five places, um, which was really surprising. And of course it's maintaining. So um, total touchdowns, passing touchdowns, scoring offense, then scoring defense, total defense, rushing touchdowns, rushing defense, total offense, etc. cetera. Um, those are the things we're going to be talking about this season. And we will stay on the point 
Uh, we will not deviate from that. And this is how we will be comparing Notre Dame, but also Notre Dame to their opponent. Now, at the beginning of the season, it's kind of difficult to gauge that because the season's just getting started. But once you hit three, four games in, those stats really start making a lot more sense and uh, being much more revealing. And I have I have made the mistake personally, uh, like, like, let's jump to the Cincinnati game, right? We've kind of talked about that a little bit, right? Desmond Ritter comes into Notre Dame and Notre Dame, you know, season ticket holders sell their tickets to Cincinnati fans, whatever. Okay. Um, I remember going into that game. I purposely didn't look at a couple of the stats. and I was like, Oh, Notre Dame's going to win because they just came off this big win at Wisconsin and they're on emotional high and da, 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 da. No, I failed to recognize and to point out on the podcast leading up to the Cincinnati game how Cincinnati was better and some of these important stats that are at the at the top of the list uh, over Notre Dame. And I neglected to do that because I was kind of testing the waters. Is this really significant? And lo and behold, it is. So uh, I'm not going to bullshit you. I will never do that. Um, hard truth. If And in 2020, I said there was no way Notre Dame was going to beat Alabama and, you know, we didn't win. So, you know, it it is what it is. So, um, I'm, I'm, but not to sound negative, I'm very optimistic and hopeful for the season. Uh, I genuinely do think that we are in for something very special this season. Um, what that is, I don't know yet. Um, the schedule looks, uh, fairly benign at the beginning of the year, although we don't really know what Navy is doing um, because they have a whole new coaching staff. But we got Ohio State, we got USC both at home, and then we got Clemson. Now that Clemson game, I think the writing will be on the wall, Red Snapper. Um, and we tried to go to get tickets to that, but it just wasn't going to work out. They were already sold out, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Red Snapper, you're coming up for a game. Which game is that? I believe it's the Wake Forest game. It is Wake Forest, yeah, against Sam Hartman's former team. So that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. So That'll that'll be a great one. It will. Well, we won't won't abandon all all traditions on this podcast. So we we already gave the Twitter shout-out to Notre Dame Fighting Irish Media. Uh, it's the toast, the toast of the night. And uh, we haven't mentioned this yet, but we have been saving this for the end. And the toast is to the celebration of life of Heisman Trophy winner and Notre Dame legend, immortalized Johnny Lujak. Um, I didn't realize actually that he was of Polish descent, but a World War II war hero was in the, served in the Navy. Um Heisman Trophy winner of 47. Doing this research, I I was looking at all of Notre Dame's Heisman Trophy winners, you know, Bertelli, Lujak, you know, Hart, Latner, Horning, Hewitt, and Brown, right? The first four guys, they all played for Leahy. <laughs> okay. So, so I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty interesting. You know, between 43 and 53, you've got four Heisman Trophy winners and and four titles also. So so that that I thought was cool. Um but yeah, uh you know, you guys can all go and look up all the stats. I, I have them here, but but I know everyone else can just go do this. Um 
read what Johnny Lujak did. Now, what's interesting is when you go and look up historically, you only really see the passing uh, touchdowns. I have actually been find, found it very difficult to find the rushing touchdowns from 1947. Now, maybe that is what it is because the scores were like 10 to 3 back in the day, right? Um, I don't know. But um, based off of what I've seen, it, it looks like they don't distinguish between rushing or passing touchdowns at the time. So I found that kind of odd, but regardless, um, giant Lou Jack, you know, he passes away at the age of 90, whatever. And, you know, gosh, if, <laughs> to, to just be blessed to live for 90 plus years, number one, but then to, you know, have played in college football, you know, been part of, you know, a, a war hero in world war two, um, you know, play, he played professional football. Um, Johnny Lujak is is definitely someone that you could say was certainly clearly the Heisman Trophy winner, but 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 you hear him and immediately you think Notre Dame, and the, this is the kind of stuff that um, that makes Notre Dame special. And um, so, anyway, toast to Johnny Lujak for the night. Well, that kind of sums it up, unless someone else has anything else they want to really, really get off their chest. This is just kind of kind of the way we're going here. Uh, going to take the bull by the horns here for this season. Happy to be back podcasting with all of you. It's been a long, long time uh, since the spring game, and but the fall is upon us. And let's let's get after this. So we'll return next week. So here here's kind of the here's kind of the the, the rundown. I was kind of doing some breakdown of, of what we're going to do. So very high level talking about some hurdles that Marcus Freeman may have to encounter this preseason going into the Navy game. We've got, uh, we're going to have a dedicated show about Sam Hartman next week. Uh, the following week we'll talk about production and kind of breaking down positions a little bit more. And then uh, we may throw a couple of special shows in there, trying to get some stuff set up with some other guests. I'll just put it that way. Um, and then of course we'll jump into Navy pregame stuff on 822, where we hope to bring Stevie D Irish from the Republic of Ireland back onto the show, uh, give him some spotlight since he is, uh, it's a home game for him. So (laughs) he's going to be the on the ground reporter. I mean, I, I think he still has to drive across the country from wherever he, I don't think he lives like around the corner from Dublin, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know specifically. I believe, I believe we've, we've had a conversation a long time ago. And I think he lives in County Cork, which is on the West side. So very cool. Either way, significantly closer for him than anyone else. <laughs> hey, it's a road trip. It road is a trip. road trip. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> yeah. It's like, it's probably, probably maybe a little bit farther than, me driving up to South Bend, I, I imagine it is a little farther than than my yeah, three and a half hour say. commute. I don't know. You know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to plug in some stuff in in Google Maps here to figure out you know how far County Cork is from Dublin, or it, really it's Aviva Stadium, which is outside of Dublin. But anyway, all right, we're getting rambly. End of the podcast. End of the scotch. Right. That that's just what happens. So thank you everyone for joining me. I am at faithful underscore Irish on the Twitter. Thank you for lending me your ears and my co-host, Red Snapper 9098. We thank you very much for making you 
making <laughs> making us a part of your day. Have a good, good week. And not everything is going to be new. Um, we still have the same wonderful theme song. So here we go. Go Irish. It's caught by Samaza inside the 20, inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Dawson throws open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Somehow, the Irish did it. Out of the pack, 30, 35. Goodbye, baby. At the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. Fire, fire, rocket, touchdown, Irish. Tyree, whoa. Can he get there? Tyree at the 30, 20. Zibikowski looking for a block. Touch to the right to the 40. Gets a block. Gets to the 45. 50. Up to the 45. 40. 30. One man to beat. 20. 15. 10. He's down to the 5. Touchdown, Irish.